Today's Issues continues on AFR with your host, Tim Wildman, president of the American Family Association. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network for this Thursday, December the 29th. Tim, Fred, now Steve Jordahl joins us. Good uh, afternoon, morning, evening, depending on where you're listening at this point. Just say good. Good. Hey, good, everybody. It's all good wherever you may be listening. That's right. We hope so. Um, Steve Jordahl in with us. And Ray Pritchard's in Kansas City. We're in Tupelo. We hope you're having a great day and nice weather wherever you may be. It's Fred, Fred, you looked outside a while ago. We're, it's nice here, huh? It's had, I think we're over 60 today, and by Sunday, the first day of the new year, it's going to be 70 degrees here in the southeast. Bring back global warming is what I got It was raining say. two hours ago. Right? Yes. Yeah, now it's beautiful. I know. Hey, nice weather in KC or what? 61 degrees. We had, you know, this terrible weather over the weekend. It all melted away in the last 24 hours. So this is finally good bike riding weather here at the end of the year. <laughs> Are you going this afternoon? Yeah, I hope so. That's the plan. All right. The ice is gone. So, we, yeah. Now, can you record your daily scripture reading and bike ride at the same time? I can. You can. Uh, no man can serve two masters. <laughs> <laughs> you can bike or you can read the Bible and record it, but you can't do both. <laughs> that's good. I'm not that good. We're glad to hear that, Ray, because we want you back here. Right. Thanks. You'd be like, John, 316. Yeah. <laughs> uh, plus, you could get distracted <laughs> a little exactly. bit. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Steve, I know you weren't in here. I want to stay with this topic just a minute or two that we were discussing last half hour. And um, what uh, that is, uh, people who are Christians who, you know, the old saying is you don't want to talk about politics and religion in, in uh, polite company, right? Yeah. That goes decades and decades back. And there's a reason for that. You don't want to get into unnecessary arguments with people over things you know they disagree with you on, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, who does? You want to sign up and get every day and, you know, every day and go, man, I can't wait to get into shouting matches today. I know mm-hmm. some people, actually. <laughs> who do enjoy yes, that? Well they're, well, they're sick. Huh? <laughs> um, but, you know, in today's culture, you don't have to go looking for a fight. No. It's going to come to you mm-hmm. as, as the whole fight has come to the front door of the American church especially on the issue of human sexuality over the last 10 to 20 years. We see, Ray, what's happened with the uh, mainline Protestant denominations who've, I call it, surrendered on this issue, or they've gone over to the other side. They just say, hey, God doesn't have any rules with respect to human sexuality, really. And, you, you know, you see inside the evangelical movement, which is what we are most concerned about, because these liberal denominations, right. they're gone. They left, they left the truth a long time ago. The Methodist church is split over this. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go ahead. What's happening inside our own movement is that some people have just decided that maybe we have been too quick to read the Bible. You know, it, it, read the first page of the Bible. 
male and female, he created them. Mm -hmm. God's plan for marriage and sexuality, you don't have to go beyond Genesis 1, 2, and 3, and you get the basic outline right there. Okay, some of our, quote, evangelical leaders, including some pastors, have said, well, maybe maybe it's not so clear. We're going to wrestle with this. We're going to struggle with this. Which, by the way, that's always a code word. When somebody's struggling over the issue of sexuality, hundred <laughs> percent of the time, you know where they're going. You right? know where they're going. That's right. They just haven't decided to get there publicly yet. I think the real problem in our circles, including some very fine evangelical seminaries, including some that I know very well. Uh, it's not that they have moved away from the biblical teaching. They just don't talk about it. They just don't talk about it because even in our circles, it has become controversial. That they, they, you could, we, we've got this developing movement of people who say, yes, I believe what the Bible says, but we, they want to be winsome in our culture. I'm in favor of winsomeness. If it's on the ballot, I'm voting for winsomeness. Okay, I'm good with that. But they want to be winsome to the point that they do. They want to shave away, it seems to me, the hard edges of biblical truth. And this is going to lead us, Tim, in the evangelical movement into a bad place. It's not enough to say, I believe what the Bible says, if you're not willing to stand up and say that publicly. It's kind of like, you know, the more the, the uh, an issue that's more central or at the heart of the matter here. <clears throat> It's kind of like the unasked questions about religious holidays, for example. I was thinking the other day, everybody wants to celebrate Christmas, but nobody wants to talk about what Christmas really means. Well, I say nobody. Uh, The world, or many in the church, don't really want to focus on the real reason why Jesus came to earth. That's right. And you say, well, why is there a baby in the manger? What does that mean? Why is he called a savior? Savior from what? Huh? Uh, savior from, right? I mean, a savior. What? What did Jesus there, is called There's a, a lot of people, Tim, who are happy with the baby in the manger so long as you don't talk about who he is. They like the sweetness. They like the carols. They like the music, right? But once you talk about who that baby is and why he came and how his coming has changed all humanity and all history, and one day he's going to be he's going to be publicly proclaimed before the whole world as King of kings and Lord of lords, you bow before him now or you will bow before him later. They don't want to hear that part of the story. The, the Away in the manger is sweet to them. They like the crash and all the and and all of that, but they don't want to talk about what his coming really means. Yeah, and that's you know <clears throat> that just goes to show you the the line, the separation that's caused by you know Jesus talked about I divide families. Yes, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, and w- what did he mean by that? I, I haven't got the exact verse right, Ray, but uh, he divides. Uh, he said, "I didn't come to bring peace, but a sword." That's Matthew 10. Okay, what does that mean? I thought he was the prince of peace. Uh, yes, he is. But his coming, he he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father, what? Except by me. There's no more divisive statement in all the world today than John fourteen six. Jesus said he is the way, the truth, and the life. His coming is a sword that divides light from darkness, truth from error, and heaven from from hell 
and everybody is going to fall. In, in the end, in the end, especially I think in these last days, Tim, it's another, another whole discussion, but I really believe we are approaching a period where <clears throat> sitting on the fence is no longer going to be possible. As we rush headlong toward the last days, uh, evil is going to be more evil. Righteousness is going to be more clearly seen. And all these millions of people who want to sit on the fence and say they like Jesus, but they don't want to take a stand for him, I think those days are rapidly coming to an end. You know, Ray, um, the wake of sin is huge. And um, I think as Americans, gentlemen, I think we all want things to be fair. Life is not fair. Some people are born with, for example, a birth defect, and they have a hard time in life. It's harder for them than it is for me. Some people may be born with some sexual dysfunction, or at least they they have acquired it through uh, bad choices or through no, uh, like, abuse as as a young child, and it, it isn't fair, but it's what life is, and it's harder for them. And I think as Christians, we don't want sometimes to address this hard issue because we want it to be fair. We don't want to say that it's not fair, that, that you have to struggle more than I have to struggle. But that's, that's the result of sin in the world. It's just we have come up all over the place as, uh, as defective illness, disease, um, mental issues all are a result of sin and as christians we have to get over the fact that we we need to be nice all the time we can't call what is true true it is sin and and some people will struggle with it more than others the the sadness of that steve is when we fail to speak the truth and we're we're doing it because we don't want to quote hurt people right but in the end we're hurting them far more absolutely because we are not telling them the truth that would set them free Yep, absolutely. That that was the whole thing I was noticing. You know, President um, Biden was issuing a uh, a statement around Christmas. You know, and he he, he's wishing people well, but he never he never even mentions Jesus or God. You know, and you know when he's now I know that when you're president, you're president of all the people, not just the Christians. I understand that, but still. You're, you're, you are talking about Christmas. It, it, it's a pause for a Christmas reflection, right? And you just would think uh, there would be some mention of Jesus or God. And then I noticed that uh, a lot of people don't. There's no. Uh, they, they they don't want to mention as I as I said earlier. <clears throat> Jesus the baby was Jesus the Savior. Well. Savior, what saving saving who from what? What does that mean? Well, saving mankind from and us, and, and by that I mean the world. But uh, you have to repent individually to be born again. The Bible says, but the baby in the manger was born to be the Savior, so he had to go to the cross. But why did he have to go to the cross to? Pay the penalty for what? For sin. There's the word again. You know what I'm saying? It's unavoidable if you really look at the story of Jesus because the very reason he came to earth wasn't to give peace to the world or to, uh, you know, uh, love, which is wonderful. All those all those words that are used at Christmas time as representing Christmas or Jesus, 
but you never get a lot of people don't want to get to the heart of the matter no the core issue of why jesus came and that is to save us all from our sin yes or to offer us forgiveness Mm -hmm. and that's then it's on us right fred that's right jesus said i am the way the truth and the life no man cometh unto the father but by me Uh, that makes it uh, exclusive and the world doesn't like that the world says right, that's intolerant. Uh, that's totally intolerant. Right. And so that is that is why uh, the world does not like the gospel. It doesn't. But, Although the gospel, as it means, is good news because it's open to everyone. And Jesus, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Any man opens that door, I will come in. And Jesus longs to save you. But the world gets the picture is, wait a minute, no, I want to get saved on my basis. I want to get saved on my good works. I think I have enough good works to get me into heaven. And what does the Bible say about good works? They're filthy rags in God's sight. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, you know, I don't want to, <clears throat> I want to go to heaven, but I don't want to be a Christian. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's kind of like bizarre like that. Go ahead, Ray. I, I see you look on your face. You were just talking about people liking Christmas, and and yet they don't want to hear the message. And I I was pondering over the weekend the words of this Christmas carol, God rest ye, merry gentlemen, let nothing you dismay. Remember Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day. And this line, to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. O tidings of comfort and joy, Comfort and joy. You want the comfort, you want the joy. Then you need to meet Jesus who came to be your Savior, to save us all from Satan's power because we have all gone astray. Uh Christmas ought to lead us to the heart of the Christian gospel. And if it doesn't, you really haven't understood what Christmas is all about. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we can explore this more later, but, uh, you know, Jesus is... uh, the Bible calls him Lord. That's Lord over the world, over the universe, and uh, Savior, Savior of the universe. Uh, well, Savior of mankind, uh-huh. right? God doesn't save plants <laughs> or animals. No. He saves the souls of men uh-huh. through through Christ. Yes. And you don't have to believe that, but I'm just saying what, what I, I, I guess what I have a problem with is when people don't want to, <clears throat> you don't have to believe in Christianity, but at least acknowledge what it says in an accurate way. And even as Ray said, many Christians don't want to acknowledge what the Bible says uh, about sin and repentance and being born again, because when you get into that, then you have to then you're going to get into divisiveness and sometimes theological arguments, and it's going to um, be, be difficult to talk about for a lot of people. You know, I'm glad Jesus didn't say, uh, I want you to go out and make the Christian message popular. You know, I, I want you to go out there and make the world love the message. He didn't say that. In fact, what he said in Matthew chapter 7, 13, and 14, where he talks about the narrow road and the wide road. He said, basically paraphrasing here, uh, the vast majority of the world is going to reject this message. I'm just, I'm warning you're going you to guys, take the wide road. I'm going to warn you guys right now. The vast majority of the world is going to take the wide road. They're going to reject the message of the gospel. So just be prepared for that. 
And that's why and that's why we ought not to be discouraged. We share the gospel message, but we leave the saving up to the Lord. It's the Holy Spirit that convicts. We present the message. The Holy Spirit then has to work on the heart, and then if the heart rejects that message, when we get to heaven someday, the Lord is not going to say to us, hey, you shared the gospel, but that person didn't accept it. Shame on you. He's not going to say that. You know, the devil, I think, tries to discourage us because we may share the gospel and somebody right away doesn't accept the gospel. The devil decides to say, hey, you just wasted your time. No, that's not God's economy. That's not the way it works. God blesses faithfulness. Mm. So you believe in a devil, Fred? I sure do. Like a real, literal devil? I sure do. Where, do you, where does he get this craziness from? I hear, Ray. What are you talking about? Oh, look, for, well, look around into the world. Look at the existence of evil in the world and say to yourself, did that just happen? It did not just happen. Then go back to the Bible and see what it says. There is a malevolent being named the devil who rebelled in eternity past and who has been opposed to God, the archenemy of God. Jesus himself believed in the devil. He talked about Satan. He talked about the devil, and he said, The thief, that's the devil, has come to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I have come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. Tim, we all like that last part of the phrase, the abundant life. But if you like that last part, you've got to go in through the front door that there is a devil. And if you follow him, he's going to steal and kill and destroy your life. What is it in Job? And Ray, you can correct me if I'm wrong here. In Job, uh, there's a conversation between God and Satan. Oh, right, in, in Job chapter 1. Yes. The, 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 what have you been the, up to, Satan? Yeah, been going to and fro among the, the uh, among the men on the earth. Have you ever considered my servant Job? I mean, it's, it's fascinating, but if you take the book of Job, Fred, as literal truth, which that's the way it's written, then there is a personal devil who is the arch enemy mm-hmm. of the people of God. So in the Bible, in the New Testament, uh, Jesus was really tempted by a real devil? 100%. 100%. It's not presented as a myth. It's not presented as a parable. It's just sober historical truth. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, we encourage you to read the Bible for yourself and uh, discover these truths. Or you can listen to Ray read through the Bible starting January 1. There you go. At com. All right, Steve Jordahl, what do you, what you got? Uh, well, we have heard from the American Psychological Association. They have issued their first official guideline for the psychological practice with boys and men. And do you know what they found? I've been waiting for this. I bet you have. They finally came out with it. Traditional masculinity marked by competitiveness, dominance, stoicism, aggression is harmful. Traditional masculinity mm. is harmful. No, it's not. Oh, you think you know more than the APA? <laughs> in this case, yeah, yeah, I do. I think you do too. What in the world? Uh, yeah, this is a woke. This is a woke. Uh, Citing more than forty years, the woke, the woke yes. bunch have gotten charge of the who now? What's the name of Ma- this group? The American Psychological Association. Pretty big, pretty big yeah. group. Yeah, pretty important group. The uh, masculine ideology, um, which it defines as a particular constellation of standards that have held sway over large segments of the population, including. Anti-femininity, achievement is bad, 
A shul of appearance of weakness. You don't want to be appear weak. Adventure risk. That's bad. And violence, which is bad unless now, what you are they to be equating, Were they equating violence with masculinity? Yes. Well, that's a pretty broad swipe there. Um, huh? If somebody's coming after my wife, I'm going to get violent. What about a... <laughs> that's right. I mean, uh, it's a trait I, I, of a that's guy. That's what it means to be a man. It's right? a trait of a man. Well, yes, but what... Uh, I haven't read that whole study, but if if this is trending like other groups of this nature do, it's the whole woke crowd, and they're condemning masculinity, or it's traditional known as as maleness. Yep. Because, uh, and there, you know, you can take anything to an extreme, I guess you could say. Um, I mean, it is true that most all violent crime is done by males it is. who have a lot of testosterone, mm-hmm. right? That's a that's a stereotype that fits. Uh, but you don't condemn masculinity. It isn't because it, it you don't condemn masculinity altogether because of uh, that. <clears throat> what I've just described the way God made men with a certain inclinations or traits that uh, he made different than women. That's why God combines a man and a woman to be one. They uh, We each have strengths and weaknesses. Not that every man is like every other man or every woman is like every other woman, but all in all, the things that make a man a man are things that protect the family, that are uh, that go out and, and achieve so I can earn a living for my family. Uh, these are masculine things that that are now being called harmful. Read that again. Is that out today? Uh, yeah, last few days. Is, this is a New York Daily News. Re- today. Read it again because I want to. Ray, if you want to comment on these uh, these specific things that uh, any of these are Fred, any of these specific things that the American Psychological Association denotes as negative attributes, right? Yep. Of, of masculinity. Um, so what they I have a couple of different statements here. Particular, it said uh, uh, anti-femininity, achievement, the desire not to appear weak, adventure, risk, violence, stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, and aggression on the whole is harmful. Well, it counsels all sports, just about, and and uh, also. Uh, Armies, <laughs> but this agenda has been going on for a long time. What are they trying to do here? Oh, uh, well, like I say, they they are trying to take the maleness out of our culture. Uh, the idea that there shouldn't be an effort to win a game, everybody gets a trophy. Okay, all that whole mentality. Otherwise, you're trying to dominate somebody else. Yes, and that's wrong. That's wrong. Shame on you. Oh, and by the way. Uh, <laughs> The masculine ideology suppresses emotions, making distressing young boys um, make them take risks. And by the way, it can lead to traits like homophobia. Mm. You know why uh. this why, why this is important? You might say, "Well, who cares what the American Psychological Association says?" They have a lot of sway over uh, people going into psychology right. and education and. Uh, psychiatrists and all those kinds of folks if they follow the lead of this group right here then they're going to be it's going to be a frontal assault on masculinity yes 
which they're trying to tear down so that there are no it, – it fits perfectly into the, uh, you know, no sexes. Yes. You know, we're all okay. unisex. Yeah. The unisex movement. Yeah. Hey, Ray, thanks, my friend. And thank you, Tim. Yes. Happy uh, New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year, Year, everybody. <clears throat> all right, we'll be here with Trivia Friday tomorrow, and we'll see you then. Take care, everybody. <laughs>